Hey SEOs and content marketers, say goodbye to crazy spreadsheet mashups and experience unprecedented connectivity between your SEO planning and reporting data. Introducing Audience Key, technology for keyword mapping, content brief automation, and rank tracking that form an SEO strategy system providing unparalleled feedback loops between planning, reporting, and optimization activities. Put your time and energy into strategy, not data upkeep. Visit audiencekey.com and apply for a free trial today. on WMR.FM. It is the 18th of January, 2024. kind of hard to believe. January is almost over. Um, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, increasing Challenger from Sites Without Walls. Another news show this week. It's been a week full of a hell of a lot of news. Before we jump in, I want to give a quick shout out to Audience Key, our uh, sponsor. Thank you so much for uh, for sponsoring. Chrissy, did you, get, did you get a chance to hook up with Audience, Audience Key this week? I didn't. Tom came to town and he was at one hotel and all of us were at another hotel and the hotel <laughs> groups of people never emerged. <laughs> but he was only here for a night. So uh, we're going to talk to him. Okay. Well, uh, yeah. Well, a big, a big shout out to, uh, to Tom and the, and the folks over at audience key. Um, we were actually hoping to have Tom on today's show, but uh, again, I yes, guess uh, you guys, he'll be, he'll be around next week. Right. on. Yeah. Yeah. He just said he wasn't in prep today. Oh, and by the way, I should mention, we were at these hotels because we were at the affiliate summit and there were different events at different hotels because that sounded weird. <laughs> we're at these hotels. Now, there were events at the different hotels and, and we did not get a chance to get to each other's events in time. So, Okay. Um, Going to be a number of events happening in Vegas in the coming months. Um, PubCon is coming back to Vegas. Uh, first week of March. PubCon is going to be taking over, I think, the one that looks like a pyramid. It is. They're coming to the Luxor. And some of us, some people, um, you know, they're not having the time or something to attend the conference. So they're just going to come stay at the hotel. So if you can't do the conference, feel free to join us at the Luxor Hotel Bar at night. Hang out and talk about SEO. Okay, probably the most fun you'll ever have not going to a conference. But if you can get into the into PubCon, go to the conference. Exactly, um, exactly. But if you can't get into the conference and you do got the time off, go to Vegas. Like I said, the most fun you'll ever had and most education you'll ever have not going to a conference. Exactly. And the hotel rooms right now with the resort fees are like $45 a night. So how could you say no? Even for nice ones? Yeah. And by the way, if you want the nice ones, uh, I mean, on the PubCon site, they had list the rooms that they're, they're offering. You go to the, if you don't have to book through the PubCon site if you're not attending PubCon. But um, if you are attending, do use PubCon site because they need to sell a certain amount of rooms. But the uh, the name of the room is the name of the new tower with all the new rooms all completely refurbished in the last two years. Okay, so you're not referring people to Circus Circus or no, you know, no, the, the somewhere on the danker end of the strip. No, what they do, no, this is down by the Mandalay Bay, close to Allegiant Stadium. Uh, what they do is, uh, the way they refurbish hotels in Vegas, is they pick a tower at a time, and then they refurbish them. It might take four or five years. So the, the rooms that PubCon is offering through the PubCon site, those are the new rooms guaranteed. So if you use that hotel, that room name, the complete room name, you'll get the new rooms as well. So you won't wind up in one of the older rooms. It's not been refurbished in like a decade. Okay, so it's still got that new room smell as opposed to, well, the decorate of the strip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Circus Circus is its own animal. 
Never say it's circus, circus. But the Adventure Dome is a lot of fun. <laughs> my very first conference in Vegas, my publisher put me into Circus Circus. I was out of there that night in and into the place <laughs> uh, right that that place that's right beside the uh, conference center. So I'm forgetting its uh, spacing its name right now, but but my favorite hotel, the one without the casino. So as as locals, um, often we'll stay down on the strip when there's a big event. You know, we want to go out and drink. Or we'll be out really late, and we know we don't want to drive home. And um, none of us, no matter how low the price is, will stay at Circus Circus. But the Adventure Dome is fun. Like they have the rides and stuff. That's pretty cool. And they apparently have a great steakhouse there. But but never stay there. <laughs> there you go. Okay, it is 2024, and uh, anyone following um, the four-year cycle of American presidential elections knows that it's it's 2024, and we have to go through this again. And this year, not only do we have to go through all of this and that again, we get to do it with um, the content creating machine. The often careless content creating machine of OpenAI and OpenAI being the extremely responsible folks that they are, I have decided <laughs> to talk about transparency. Yes, for the election. How they're going to work to improve access to accurate voting information. Now, before going any further on this story, I want to warn the listening audience that I'm kind of cynical whenever a large tech corporation talks about transparency moving into um, an American election cycle because they often talk a great game and then fall onto the side of um, quote unquote free speech and rampant disinformation. So I'm really worried about I'm really worried about what's going to happen this year. What do you think, Christine? What is what is OpenAI saying, and um, what do you reckon? So interestingly, um, OpenAI says they're going to put trans better transparency around during this time. It's not forever um, around images, especially. So they're going to include the ability to detect which tools were used to produce an image, and empower voters to assess an image with trust and confidence in how it was made. That's directly from OpenAI's blog about this. Um, so they're working on provenance efforts and. Uh, People don't know what provenance means. It just means who sourced something. It comes from like the art world, like you know, who sold this first thing? We can validate it. Um, earlier this year, um, they started working with the Coalition for Content Provenance and Authenticities Digital Credentials, um, which will allow them to put basically cryptography into the images created by DALI 3. Um, and their internal testing shows that it's been working pretty well. And uh, so they're going to also empower like people like journalists and platforms and researchers um, on how this works so that they'll also be able to help identify. Their goal is to make it easy to, tr to, uh, to tell what images are fake. And also they can tell which images are fake even when it's been modified with common modification tools like Photoshop or something like that. So okay, I'm so... like you, I tend to be skeptical, but, oh, and the one other thing is they're gonna improve authoritative um, voting information, access to it. So anytime they're working with the National Association I'm sorry. I'm stumbling over my words today because I went to CES and affiliate summit back to back, and my mouth is tired. Um, so they're working with the National Association of Secretaries of State, uh, which is a nonpartisan organi organization in the United States for Secretaries of State who govern our elections. And they will direct all people who use ChatGPT to something called canivote.org, which is an official authoritative website um, for proper voting information. So anytime someone tries to get information, Produced on ChatGPT about voting. That's the website they're going to give them. So um, I am 
Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. So when confronted by a photograph of Donald Trump completely one hand cupping a basketball, the journalist will know the image is fake, even though it's been published and propagated around the web a million times. The journalist who understands that there's a crypto cryptographic watermark inside that image of Donald Trump completely one-handing a uh, basketball. Um, but to the casual viewer, unless you understand he has teeny tiny hands that could never one-hand a basketball, you might not know the image is fake. Well, they don't say, because they could, like, because Google's going to label images they know are generated with AI or videos that are in mm -hmm. search. They don't say whether they're going to do that or not. I don't see anything in their blog that says that they're going to label it. Now, if they offer the ability for like Bing and Google and other search providers, and they do say platforms, to label the content as AI, that will be helpful. Or if they label the content as AI, that will be helpful. But if it just goes out into the world, you're right. And the only way you know is if you're able to identify it in some mysterious way, because I haven't said how you'll identify it, uh, then yeah, you're right. Then it will be meaningless because it'll be around the world before anyone, you know, what is that old saying? The lie gets around the world before the uh, gets around the world before the truth gets out of bed and puts its boots on. Yeah, something like, like it's Mark Twain, Mark Twain saying uh, the lie yeah. gets halfway around the world before the before the truth even has its pants on. Yeah, that's it. So, so yeah, so I, I I'm I'm I don't know. I know OpenAI is getting a lot of pressure from governments about issues with you know this especially because there's four hundred. Four billion people in the world will be voting in the next year. That's a lot of manipulation because all, and not just U.S. elections suffer from this, so they suffer from it around the world. So um, I know they're getting a lot of pressure along with other companies to make sure that they can't be, people can't be easily manipulated with fake images and video. Um, but how well they'll do it making sure that happens, I don't know. I don't have a lot of trust um, in Sam Altman, so we'll we'll see. Yeah, and this comes back to, as, 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 as always, things on the web have to come back to user responsibility. Um, everything comes down to you, listener, uh, whoever whoever is out there listening to this, because you're the one using these products. You're the first and last line of uh, security and first and last line of credibility when it comes to reading information that's going into your head. So you got to be media literate, um, at least yeah. media literate enough to know that the former president cannot possibly cup a basketball because if you aren't that media literate disinformation has a slam dunk this election and they and they do have some safeguards in preventing abuse you know we all know um when you prevent abuse of these models it's difficult because it's based on language so it's not easy like you know this software has a security hole we just need to plug it with the right code this is we have to make sure that people can't get around our code and we know that they can often, but they do have new usage policies for ChatGPT and the API. Um, so um, they also allow you to uh, report violations. So as you were saying, being a good netizen, uh, one of the things you can do is make sure to report violations. And some of that is they can't participate in deterring people from the democratic process. Um, they can't pretend to be real businesses. Like you can't build a chatbot and pretend that you're a government official or a candidate. Um, even at the local level. And they're also red teaming, which means trying to see how things can be abused um, with actual users and external partners to get um, to build safety mitigations. Well, so, you know, there's, um, hopefully there's a lot of a lot of policy governs use of technology uh, in the United States, on the Internet and and around the world. 
and often that policy isn't really written in stone. It's written, well, it's, it's, let's face it, it's, it's digital. And you know how fast it is. You can even change PDF these days. Um, although sometimes when you change policy, there's, there's you know, really, really, really good reasons for it. Um, this is going to be a little bit weird in that um, we, you know, would love to see... Uh, a more peaceful and 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 uh, less violent world. However, and OpenAI did its bit at one time, saying it would never work with militaries. It was yeah. going to open its AI products to militaries, but in a uh, announcement on Tuesday, uh, OpenAI said that it's going to it will work with the military because it's trying to help use artificial intelligence to develop tools to reduce veteran suicides. Um, it says it's going to retain its ban on developing weapons, so OpenAI will not, and ChatGPT will not be used for the, the development of, 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 of military gear, but if it helps people get through, um, uh, uh, memories and, uh, you know, horrific experiences, um, you know, it's hard to, hard to argue against that. Well, I mean, I, they also work with cybersecurity, and I think those are good additions, like you were saying with suicide. But um, what is a military weapon, right? So we don't have that definition for that. I don't know if they have one yet. Um, is a military weapon using language to, you know, weaponize thought, narratives, things like that? So, so it uh, so it depends. I guess we'll see. Uh, uh, ask the Russians if. Um... But that's a military good, strong, effective weapon of uh, it is a very, or not. Yeah, it, um, is, it is a very strong, effective weapon. The question is, will they define it that way? So, um, but yeah, but I mean, if they're helping with like cybersecurity to protect, like you know, um, I know there's been a recent fear of act. I think it was China, but it could be Russia. Um, accessing like grid systems in the United States, like electricity or water or something like that. Uh, so if they're doing something to protect that, that's a whole that's a whole different thing. Check this number out, and this is this is this is in finance, so it's not not to do with like infrastructure security. But J.P. Morgan said it deals with approximately four billion hack attempts a day. A day. A day. Wow. No, I mean this wow. is this is this is a, a bot just hammering on on the same, right. you know, trying yeah, trying to second, find a password yeah. uh, decrypt or whatever. But four billion of them. Wow. Four billion intrusion attempts a day. So imagine what the, what 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 critical infrastructure must deal with. Oh yeah, it's insane, and and they are very concerned. There was a recent alert put out uh, to our um, how what is the right word? For, I can't think of it, but you know our our systems that need to be protected. There's a word for that. Critical uh, infrastructure. So Thank you. <laughs> five days of conferencing, five miles a day of walking. I am tired. Um, that that there is an extra concern this year, like above the oh. normal concern of an attack on the critical infrastructure. Welcome to 2024. It's only going to get weirder. Speaking of critical infrastructure and getting weirder, um, fi the finance system is, I think, widely considered critical to the uh, operation of our society. And um, remember when Elon Musk said he was going to turn Twitter, now X, into a banking platform? I know. I heard that. Utah, the wise state of Utah, the 15th state, <laughs> incidentally, 15th state to grant uh, X Corporation 
approval to act as a financial platform. In this case, um, they'll be able to facilitate money transfers um, through um, through Venmo. And uh, I guess it'll be acting like a light version of PayPal. That is through Venmo? I uh, through Venmo, Venmo, yeah. Yeah, we'll, uh, oh, okay. uh, yeah, Venmo will be actually dealing with the transaction, but um, okay. it'll be going through, I guess, your information and data will be going through the uh, Twitter, the Twixter system. And so, you know, um, like like what he's doing or not, he wasn't just talk. He's actually moving to do it. Well, I figured he moved to do it because he needs some way to to replace the advertisers. He made very upset with his a few comments and his anti-Semitic tropes. Um, but uh, we'll see. I mean, it's just Utah. I, I think anyone, to be honest, I mean, this is just my opinion, and it is an opinion. Um, anyone's crazy to give Elon Musk any money through his platform. Well, it's not, it's not just Utah, though. 14 other states before Utah have also given permission. Oh, have they? I missed that. Yeah. We were, Utah's the 15th state to to let him uh, uh, at least explore setting up a, uh, a financial platform. You know, this is the thing, though. Okay, first of all, I don't know what he's promising states to get that to happen. But uh, if you're a user, stick with Venmo and Zelle and the rest of them. Don't. I mean, we can easily make this not happen. Just don't use it. Yeah. So I would not trust Elon Musk to handle my financial information. So. so when you do take over a large scale operation and you have to pivot to uh, keep your business going, sometimes it's successful, sometimes it's not. Anyone who's been in the tech industry long enough has seen a gajillion unsuccessful pivots and actually probably relatively few truly successful ones because it's really hard to leave your core mission and start doing something else. So just over a year ago, um, Microsoft Bing added ChatGPT as an add-on to organic search. Now, organic search was a pretty good thing and it had its thing going. Um, good or for good or for ill, it you know, um, was the information retrieval system for about 15 years give or take. Uh, we'll say 20 years, give or take. Microsoft comes along, adds uh, chat GPT, and uh, gen the era of generative search results is born. Well, here's the weird thing. Bing's actual search market share hasn't really change that much it's only gained about what like one one and a half percent um people are spending more time at being when they actually get there and it didn't research usage usage had dropped 33 percent and again those who are going there are spending more time on the engine but less you know not it's it, it's weird You'd, yeah, think that they, you'd think that they, you'd think that you'd see 20, 20, 25, 30% increases, but we did not. Yeah, we didn't. They, they got no more market share. I mean, and, and to be fair, um, they did increase 4.4 month uh, to 4.4 steadily use, active users per month, but um, according to a company called Sensor Tower. But uh, that's not enough to make a dent in market share. So, so they are getting more market share. They're pounding the heck out of the 
the uh, you know co what are, co-pilot chapter yes. three is that what they're calling it now? Um, yeah, you know I don't know. I mean that's a lot of costs for people who aren't aware. The cost to run these large language models are immense. I mean, and back remember earlier this last year, Jim, they were saying that like ChatGPT may have to shut down because they're running out of processors, and Bing was too. And NVIDIA jumped in and they made the processors. So that's why NVIDIA's stock like went way up last year. Mm-hmm. So it, that's how much processing power. Like Bing was running out of processing power to run these. So if they're not making any more money off of it, unless maybe users are clicking ads um, that, that are already there because the, their usage has increased. I don't know. How long do you sustain that? I don't know. I'm so not I guess even... we'll find out this year. By the end I'm... of this year, I'm sure we'll, we'll know. But that, 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 that's the same sort of sense I got from, from this article as well. There's fewer people going to, well, there's more people going to Bing, but not as quickly, nearly as quickly as anticipated. And um, those who are going to Bing are staying there much longer and eating a lot more dinner, a lot more resources, breathing a lot more air. And uh, so, yeah, that, that's actually, they're probably losing money for this slight increase in traffic. Yeah, exactly. And it's very it's very interesting. So I guess we'll see. This is all still in the I mean, even though it's officially live, it's still a testing process. So we'll see by the so what they do with that. If you're Bing's Pepsi to Google's Coke, what do you do to try to compete? You know, like you're a good product. You're not a terrible product. Oh um, actually convert higher too than Google does. Generally speaking. Yeah. Yeah, although I mean, yeah, there's a whole bunch of theories on that. Um, yeah, true. But uh, but 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 what do you do if you're Bing's Pepsi to Google's Coke? You do a head-to-head comparison. It's it worked in the past. Why not try it again in the future, right? You get like a you get a soda bottle and half is Coke and half is Pepsi. You just flip it upside down <laughs> to drink it. I just think I came up with a whole new product. <laughs> That's right. It's that, that's right up there with byproduct, which has only <laughs> half the calories because we only fill half the bottle. Exactly. Um, but no, 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 no. Seriously, uh, Microsoft over at Bing, if you do a search and you're you going to be using Edge, so not a lot of you are going to be doing this, but if you are using Edge and you do a search over at Bing, you will be able to run a uh, competing, a, a comparative, a Google search. So you'll have one one side of your screen will be your uh, Bing results, the other side will be your Google results, and I think Bing is sort of looking you in the eye and saying, "Yo, you be the judge." Yeah, well, I have to tell you, and this will lead into some of the stories later, or maybe now. Um, Google search has been so bad lately that for our podcast each week, we research stories. I actually am using Bing to do a lot of that research because I can't find things on Google. Oh, so it'll be interesting. And I don't use Edge. I was just about to delete it because I have a Mac. So I already have four other browsers. So I was like, yeah, you know, I don't really need this. And then now I may actually keep it and run some tests this way and just see what see what happens. So you're you're, you're, a, you're a page designer. You need Edge because it's a Microsoft product. There's always something. You know? nah, I got I got I got tools for that. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, but, yeah, yeah, so does no, Microsoft. They call them they call them programmers. <laughs> the cross-browser testing one of the best tools in the world <laughs> um but uh yeah so but it is interesting it's an interesting lad if you haven't um seen it yet there's an article in search engine journal which gives you an image of what it looks like or you can download edge and just try it yourself but i do think that's interesting i don't hate it 
So, um, so we'll see. I haven't had a chance to use it yet. So we'll see what it's like in use. But it is an interesting concept that I actually may run double searches because I've had having to go to Google, can't find it, and then go to Bing. So now I can just open it in both, which will also increase their edge use, which is interesting. And I think, again, I think being, well, will increase their edge use. I mean, like, that would require people using edge, wouldn't it? <laughs> um, <laughs> it doesn't seem to ever happen. Well, but again, uh, Microsoft is really, really, really throwing this in users' faces, saying, please, come over here and check out what we got. Well, yeah, so, the funny thing is, remember when they were as equal with Google, and then they weren't anymore, and then they've never gotten it back, and then no one's actually ever sure why, but maybe well, this will actually help, help bring people back to, to being. In the very beginning, Yahoo could have bought Google, and then Microsoft could have bought Google, and both of them chose not to. So here we are. Um, <laughs> and this, um, you know, I, we should segue into um, the "Is Google Getting Worse?" story. It's definitely, uh, definitely worth covering. And people have had, you know, people have been talking about this for, for the last, at least last year. And I'm incredibly talking about this for the last year. People are always talking about how bad Google sucks because we're SEOs. And, you know, if if uh, my page isn't in the top five, then totally Google sucks. But legitimately, people have been having serious issues for the last year, maybe a little bit longer with Google and Google search results. And, um, you know, this is one of those things SEOs don't often talk about, given our world revolves around Google. But it's something we ought to because... Um, Things change. Google's biggest search rival is itself. And the only one who can kill Google is Google. And it, it'll kill itself through neglect. So is Google search getting worse? Well, this a, comes... Uh, oh, go ahead. A study released by Leipzig University, Bauhaus University, Weimar, and ScanDS.ai, in, in, all in Germany, suggests, yeah, it is kind of getting worse. Overall, but not totally. So, so the the title is, of the study is "Is Google Getting Worse: A Longitudinal Investigation of SEO Spam and Search Engines?" So they specifically were looking at product review spam because it's the easiest, according to them, for affiliates to game. And I wouldn't disagree with that. Um, and so that's what they. So the, some areas they said it was getting a bit better, but overall, when they compared to other major search engines. Um, it, that it was definitely had a bigger issue with spam. Now, I have a theory on this. This is not backed by anything. This is just my thought. Um, the neural matching algorithm is a text-to-query only algorithm, meaning the query goes in and the document it pulls back is the one with the text in it. This is after all the ranking factors are applied. It's like the last thing in the search sort. And I have a feeling they amped that up and then you know kind of de-amplified the regular core signals because they think this is a better model. But who's really good at optimizing keywords to queries in search? <laughs> Probably spammers, because that's their whole goal, right? You and I go to a website. Most websites don't give a lot of thought to it unless they're bigger companies on like doing tons of keyword research and on all that. So, um, so my guess is that's probably has something to do with it. We'll see if that's really the case, but that's just my educated guess. But I they, um, go ahead. I think they may, that might be have some a little bit to do with it. Um, back in the day, PC users would always taunt Mac users. I'm sorry, the other way around. Mac users would taunt PC users. Um, besides their machines being so much cooler than our machines, we had viruses written for our machines where there were so few Mac users, nobody bothered writing viruses for them. 
that's not true anymore. People are now writing yeah. successfully writing lots of viruses from accusers. But yeah. back in the day, they didn't do it by and large. You, you could have a fairly free experience if you were a Mac user. I think there's a lot of the same phenomena happening here. Google mm. is the search engine. Everyone knows how to optimize for Google. Google's yeah, almost certainly going to be hit by a lot more spam because um, people you know how to uniquely rate content on it. DuckDuckGo, not so much. Bing, not so much. But uh, Google, we're to, all over it. I have to politely and respectfully disagree a little bit. Yeah. Um, Bing's algorithms are very similar to Google's early algorithms. So if you're optimizing for Google, Bing would pick it up. You should be well. doing well, sure. Yeah, so I, I do think that the issue is the way, because we all know that Google, I mean, I'm not talking from an SEO perspective. Google search has been really bad since at least spring last year. Like I put some, I put in, someone got stabbed at my apartment complex and I was trying to find the crime stats or find the report. And I put in my address, I put in my apartment, I put in all sorts, I refined that search 10 times. You know what I got back every time? And I told you this, so we'll see if you heard me. <laughs> but uh, I'm joking, of course you did. But um, I got my, I got rentals, apartment rentals. That's all Google will give me back because it's over amplified one term in the text. And then that's all it brings back. And I see this over and over again. And I see weird spam from other countries with, you know, TLDs from other countries. And it, it just, it's been so bad. I've gone to Bing, probably 30% of my searches now have been Bing. And I never use Bing. Not because I hate Bing, just because as, you know, what I do all day long, I'm just in Google all day long. But um I've noticed it's a big change and I've, I know other people have seen it and I don't think it, they're just talking from SEO point of view. I think they're seeing it themselves when they're trying to research things. So I, for me, it's been very, very bad. It's, it's just gotten severely terrible. So Google has said, and okay, like we, we said it, said it last week. We said it, said it the week before too, but it really did say that it has uh, changes coming to deal with this kind of search spam. Um, you know what? I, I was gonna, I, I could ask a question of that, but the honest answer is it depends. Um, so we'll have to see what happens in the future. I hope Google can uh, overcome its own issues. Yeah, I mean the easiest way if you wanted to see how um, much you could decrease the value of the core ranking signals would just be up the the, the neural matching because uh, that was only on thirty percent of queries, and now neural matching seems to be very close to one hundred percent. So, and the neural matching is just a document relevance model that matches query to text in a document. So they did the pre-sort scoring used, used to be with the core ranking signals, and maybe they still do, I don't know, I could be wrong, but they did the core ranking signals that give you rankings, you know, one through whatever, and then they would apply the neural matching or rank brain, and that resorts them sometimes, like 30% of the time. But now I think that the neural matching has been way amped up to try to eliminate needing all those core ranking signals, especially links. Um, so we'll see. We'll know when they do the when they roll out the changes. We'll know what they were trying to address or fix. So, but that's just my theory right now. Is neural matching has been amped, amped up and core ranking signals have been amped down. Well, again, um, it's I don't know how long we've been saying that the only entity that can actually harm Google is probably Google itself because it's yeah. just so darn big. Um, yeah. And if Google's going to hurt itself, it's going to hurt itself through neglect. In fact, oh. <laughs> um, I really want to get to actual search stories, but the biz stories are stuff we actually, we, we got to cover and we got to get through. And this one's going to affect a lot of people in the search industry, especially people who are working at the search engine, because Google's announced um, a crap ton more layoffs. Um, 
Google is, uh, and they, they announced layoffs in um, uh, the Bay, especially in the Bay Area, uh, YouTube and ad sales specifically. A um, few hundred people in the Bay Area, and this is on top of the tens of thousands of layoffs that were announced last week. Yeah, and um, he's doing it primarily. I mean, they came out finally and, and st stated why that they're doing it to take money and put it into um, AI uh, resources, research, that kind of thing. But as we're saying, like you and I both noticed the decline in search. Maybe we have different opinions on how severe it is, but um, the industry has noticed a decline. Professors wrote a paper about the decline. Um, so I'm not, I'm not really sure that this direction is helping Google because if you have issues in search, you have people that can't afford to buy ads and ads still fund 85% of everything Alphabet does, not just Google. So uh, so I guess I'll see. But these are a lot of big layoffs in areas. I mean, they're talking about a total, I think it was 25,000 total by the time he's done. Mm -hmm. So he has money for this AI stuff that doesn't right now seem to actually be helping them much. And um, especially in areas like you and I both have seen with um, ad support, which are the people that fund Google, right? And I suggest so, AI is helping Google a great deal. It's just not helping their core product a great deal. Um, oh, but, yeah. It's the, I'm sorry. I mean, the way I said it, it's helping them, but moving all their resources, firing entire departments, trying to move everything under one person like Nest and all, all this stuff and all that is not what I, I think is going to help Google. I think AI internally, sure, has helped Google. Although I don't know about AI in the ranking signals. We'll see. But um but yeah, I, I agree with that. I just don't think that making your entire focus AI is what Google does. So, well, so. I don't. We'll see what happens in the future. Again, this is. Um, I don't think Google's even a test case or a canary in the coal mine here. I think Google's just doing what many other large corporations are doing, looking for ways to. Uh, shave dollars wherever they possibly can, and the easiest place to shave dollars is on salaries. Um, that's always the biggest budget in any business. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I feel awful for the, for the people who had good jobs until recently. Um, but at the same time, I think we all have to recognize this is the, uh, leading edge of a real sharp sword. But, you know, the thing is too, though, Google hasn't done that in the past. They've understood the value of their structure and their engineers i mean they've laid off of course but they, they haven't laid off in massive numbers of engineers you know which is their bread and butter um so we'll see and and by laying off the ad support which is already terrible from what i understand i don't have to deal with it but you and i both see in the groups all the time how many people are frustrated with google ads um apparently you know some of the people talking on twitter about the, the recent issues with google ads is that the the service, even before these firings, had plummeted to just unacceptable. So, uh, so if you remove ad support, like I don't know where you go from there, because this is what supports Google. Eighty-five percent of everything Google money revenue for everything they do, including all their other projects outside search, all comes from ads. So, if the people that buy your ads can't stand working with you, I don't know how long does that last. I don't know. Um, well, you know, as long as as long as Google's the number one traffic creator, 
And in my analytics for across the board for every company I'm working with, Google is their number one traffic creator, bar none. And it's Google Organic, not Google's, not Google pay-per-click, but their pay-per-click campaigns are, you know, uh, driving traffic, driving good traffic. They're the 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 the, the, the I don't spend much time in the in the PPC world, but what I understand their numbers, their ad spend makes sense to me. Um, they're not spend; they're make definitely making more money than they're spending. So as long as that machine keeps on running and keeps making businesses money, businesses will keep. You know, they'll put. Yeah. I've worked corporate for a long time. Trust me, there's a lot of annoying stuff that happens if the company can make some money. But you know what? Just just as a, an alternative to that, I agree to, agree with everything you said. But I worked at a company that spent more money on Google Ads than Amazon in 2000. I think it was 18. And by 2020, they were looking at pulling all their Google Ad revenue and putting it into things like influencers and other things because they didn't think they were. To, to be honest, they wasn't even about Google's return on their investment. They're just tired of dealing with Google. They're just okay. like, we're, we're, we're tired of it. So there's an emotional component to not offering proper support to the people that buy your product. I would suggest flash ahead four years and see how they feel about those influencers today. Um, <laughs> that too. I didn't say it was a great idea, but, but, but I'm just saying that if you're making your customers mad in any business over time, that builds up and it can cause damage. That's not necessarily logical or rational, but people are just tired of you. So just sort of like not, not that we're getting this topic, but um, a bunch of big stores in the United States are pulling their self checkouts. They're only going to leave a couple because people are so tired of them. So Walmart is one of them. Uh, I go to Walmart here. It's got 90% self-checkouts. And apparently now there's a big move to put cashiers back and reduce the number to a very small number of self-checkouts because people are just mad. <laughs> so that's what I was talking. That's what I mean. So anyway. Um, so yeah, uh, the Business Insider wrote a, wrote a report yesterday on people being annoyed that uh, with, with Google Ads support currently, imagine how they're going to feel three months from now. Unless, of course, the AI happens to be better at it than humans which in this context is entirely possible provided there's a second or third level of actual human problem solvers you could advance um difficult problems to and, for and the most not... part spotting a problem in a in a google ad spend um that's probably you know a machine can probably do that just as fast and easy as a human can probably even more efficiently but the way the way I think of it is, if I've gone to the getting to the point where I've picked up a phone to call you, or write you, I want a human being because I have been through your systems and they are not helping me, and I need someone to talk to. So I, it's like here in the United States when you get those automated systems, I'm just pounding zero the whole time until I confuse it enough that I can get a rep. So, and this isn't about the reps that work at Google. This is about the Google system of how ad reps are allowed to work with ads. Um, I just wanted to clarify that because the article from Business Insider, that or no, I'm sorry, the article from SEO Roundtable that was talking about this, uh, was clear clear that the people aren't upset at their reps themselves, just how much their hands are tied by Google to do their jobs. So uh, for people out people out there in the uh, in the in the in the ad buying world, or or in the in the uh, in the advertising agency world. Next time Google comes and steals your 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 client, if it's any solace, you probably won't be pissed at a real human. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that's any solace or not, but um, you, you can curse them to high heaven, it. and you're not actually saying nothing bad about something. <laughs> you're not hurting anyone's feelings. Indeed, um, as 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 you walk to the food bank, cursing the ad rep who stole your clients. 
Okay. Um, this one's actually really interesting. Uh, Google Circle. What do you think about this? Hey, eh? like on uh, touchpads, on touchscreens, and on uh, mobile devices, you'll soon be able to outline an object: a shoes, purse, uh, a delicious sandwich, a pair of pants that look really cool. And Google will um, instantly go through its product information database and, you know, match it up with something that looks similar and serve that back to you just by a, little, a circle swipe with your finger. I think it's a cool idea. Only be on Android, by the way. It won't be on iPhones right now. But I mean, I think it's pretty cool, but it just depends on how it works. Like Google Lens, I was all excited about, but it's been very disappointing. All it does is want to sell me product. Like I think I'm going to like find something. Like, what is this bird? And it's like, here's bird seed. And I'm like, okay, that's not helpful. So, but but we'll see. I think it, it'll think it'll be interesting. I think the idea of a gesture or a squiggle mark or a tap to sh to get it to search something is uh, definitely for people that are um, looking for products will be super helpful. Because it looks like they're just using Google Lens in a different way to do it. So now here's here's my big question: In what environments will this be happening? Are we talking in Google Shopping? at google.com in the SGE experience. Where can I get this circle click? Uh, you know, it's, it's a multi-search experience, but I don't know. I, I yeah, they're not, they're not very clear on that, are they? <laughs> no, no, that's a good question because they it is on the Android phone, so you, you may be able to do it on anything you give it permission to. So from um, any Google, so possibly from any Google platform. Yeah, because they said they want you to be able to search for anything without switching apps, but they don't say if they mean Google apps or they mean all apps. So am I in TikTok and circle something? Possibly, and then you'll get a Google search. Right, because that would give them a very good way to kill any TikTok search, right? Oh my, um, can you imagine the antitrust that's going to come out of this one? <laughs> like, oh my <laughs> God. Which may be why it'll only be offered on Android phone too. Because then there's still iPhone. What are you talking about? We're not a monopoly. Um, so, <laughs> but if you wanted to kill search or Amazon search, you want to kill all that search, let me sit on my Google. I have an Android, even though I have a Mac computer. I have an Android phone. Um, go on my Android phone and just circle anything in any app. I'm in the Amazon store. Let me circle to see if there's better prices somewhere, right? I already do that anyway. And I usually leave Amazon and go search well, for the again. real company. Does but this give me, me the marketer, a chance to get a placement on a in a Google search? This is what this is the only thing my 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 customers care about. They don't care how I do it; they just want it. Yeah, you know what? I'm really oh 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 oh. They have it in Search Lab. I will turn it on this week. I just saw that in the article. I will let you know by next week how it is, um, how it's working. Okay, because uh, so again, the important thing is how do you get the traffic back to your client's page. Because yeah. moving it moving into an SGE kind of future, this is the only thing that's important to SEOs. Yeah, so th yeah, that's true. But it will be interesting because because also will Google create a um, reference so we know it came from there? Well, Bing, like, you know, Bing, it, you know when um, in in Bing Webmaster Tools, you know when Copilot has shown up to scope stuff out. They're telling you that. Yeah. But well, I mean, Google doesn't even have a discover um, referral in GSC, or I don't think in GA either. So you don't know if it came from discover or search the traffic. 
and discover actually doesn't go into organic. So, um, so you have to dis. It's like I think I believe I have to double check because I haven't checked it recently. But it used to be just thrown in a, the general bucket. So, um, so it'll be interesting. But <laughs> Google, if you're listening, please, 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 when you around these new ways for people to search, give us a way to tell where it came from. Yeah, attributions, everything. Super helpful. <laughs> well, no, you know, here's the thing. Google has given us a way, but it's really complicated. You got to use GA, uh, GA4 and um, Looker Studios. But there's no referral. Google gives no referral for Discover. It comes over like a regular link. So it doesn't it doesn't show up in anything. They don't track it. So it's like, if you want us to help promote your product to our clients, let us show where the traffic came from. That'll be super helpful in us getting them to care about it. <laughs> Oh, anyway, but yes, this is interesting. I, I will. I, it says it's a, it's in labs. I will. It might just be an SGE though, right now, not just like on your general phone. Okay. So, if uh, Monday morning I got a urgent message from one of my larger clients, I can't believe what I'm seeing in Search Console. It's Monday morning. I mean, I hate Monday mornings to start with this. <laughs> yeah, so, Monday morning is like, I got to be by myself. I got stuff to do. <laughs> Trottle on over to Search Console, open it up, take a look. And sure enough, in the uh, page indexing, under the page indexing tab, under reason pages aren't indexing because they're all 404ing, because they're going to these really weird URLs. The normal URL, the correct URL, slash 1000. Or double slash 1,000. What the heck? Okay, so we've been <laughs> hacked. Well, obviously, we've been hacked. And somebody is generating URLs. Why they're using this URL structure, I don't know. Maybe it's easy for them to keep, to keep track of or something. I don't know. So my brain is suddenly on a Monday morning clacking away about, oh, my God, we've been hacked. It's it's a proprietary system that's like sort of like been mashed out from one of the big... Uh, one, one, one of the big platforms, and I have no idea how to figure out where the hack happened. I have to call the devs. And I hate calling the devs and saying, I think you've been hacked. Those devs immediately oh, yeah. mad at you when you say oh, that. They get very upset, yes. Yeah. And so, um, this, uh, yeah. I go to Webmaster World to see if anybody else is maybe experiencing the same thing. And thank goodness I did. Because apparently thousands of others are as well. Google's yeah, aware of it. Yeah, they are. And, and didn't they tell us not to worry about it? Yeah. Um, this is one of those things. It's anomaly. Google's aware of it. There's literally hundreds of thousands, maybe millions, maybe tens of millions of websites that have been hit by this. I don't think anyone's gotten onto your server or implanted anything, any weird malware on your server or in your pages. They're just using your URLs for their link value, temporary as that might be. As near as I yeah. can figure. And all the 404s, um, John says they're fine. I know from a Google engineer, regular 404s are not just fine. They're a sign of quality, according to Google. You have a lot of them. But in this case, they will ignore them because they know this is a spam issue. Yeah. So, yeah, so you don't have to worry about that. Although I would say, you know, just you can also put um, in your robots text something to eliminate any page that ends in that slash 1000. From well, do, being do crawl, I, just to be sure. What was it? But it had to be seven or eight years ago, um, 20, just before the 2016 election, 2015. There was all those really weird Russian pro-Trump messages that were coming across Google Google Analytics and Google Google Search Console. This feels a lot like that. 
Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Sometimes spammers just find a really good way to do stuff. Okay, So... so this will not make your pages disappear from Google's index. If if you woke up and you thought, oh my God, all these 404s, I'm in so much trouble. I'm going to just vanish from Google's index. That's not going to happen to you. But over the weekend, a number of, a number of people's websites did vanish from Google's index. What happened? Nobody knows. I even checked with Barry 15 minutes ago to see if he got a reply from Google and uh, they have not gotten a reply from Google. So apparently um, this isn't traffic drops. This is the site's names can't even be yeah, found in search engine. They're completely gone on the weekend. And then they come back Monday and it's not happened just one time. And it's generic top level domains that disappear. Um, so, uh, so like uh, some of the ones that have been disappearing are .academy, .car, .care, things like that. Um, but yeah, just weird. Like it's literally eliminating them because if you, when you do like, when I do a site audit, I know you do this too probably Jim, if someone said they've been hit by Google, the first thing you do is make sure that their site name is ranking number one for their site name because that's a massive signal. If you're completely unfindable, Google has de-indexed you on the weekend. And then they re-index you on Monday. That's bizarre. Like I, I only think the only way we're going to know what happened is if Google tells us. So, how, well, or or if Bill Hartz or like gets around to de to decoding it, whatever it might be, eh? Come on, <laughs> yeah, Bill. We're waiting. Bill Hartz is our domain expert. Um, <laughs> and, but, he, and actually, but, Bill Bill sits on all of those all of those um, newer TDLs or TLDs. Um, I think I think he's still selling them. So, like, if anyone knows or wants, if anyone would want to get to the bottom of it, I imagine it's him. Yeah, and it's and this is like I said, one of these is from December, so this isn't new. It's like one person wrote traffic drops every weekend since two weeks. Our traffic started dropping down every weekend. Not so much a drop, which is normal on the weekend. It's just there's basically I'm just summarizing. Their pages are gone. They don't show for any of their keywords or their brand name, and then it comes back on Monday, Sunday, Monday. And that was a, a dog consulting person wrote the same thing, um, a dot club person. So it seems to be those alternate um, top level domains, you know, not your dot com or dot info or not the ones that have been around forever, but the alternate ones are just disappearing. That's and a, it's been going on for a few months. That is a real weird one. Um, now, here's the thing that, keep, that just keeps tricking in my mind. The web is one big zero sum game. You don't have traffic vanish. It goes somewhere. People don't stop being interested in stuff just because it's Saturday. So no. that traffic's being are... that traffic's going somewhere. It's being stolen. Yeah. This, yeah, the sites that show up are the ones that are getting it. That's an interesting angle, though, is someone doing something that's causing this. But I doubt it because it's like across so many subdomains. Um, well, that's the weird thing, indeed, eh? Yeah, that's the weird but part that... of it. But again, that I mean, the web is the world's largest zero-sum game experience. You know, and also the Google is doing machine learning in ranking signals. It's, you know, and machine learning in search. And um, it's possible the machine learning just decided it doesn't like those on Friday through Monday. So we'll, I'm sure we'll find out. Barry, Barry Schwartz is very good at assessing this stuff out. So we'll find um, out from him and report back next week on if, what if the, the final decision was. <laughs> if the machine has decided it doesn't like a whole bunch of stuff on a Monday morning, then actually I think that it may well be real intelligence not artificial intelligence <laughs> indeed so yeah. it's been what 
eight or nine months since the uh, search generative experience has been around? Yep, about that. Um, six months or so, eight or nine months. I got a feeling it's about almost. A, I got a feeling it's almost a year, to be honest. But to be, I honestly don't know. Um, I'm gonna go with eight months. That feels right. You cool with that? Cool with which part? About eight months. It's been a search. Yeah, exactly. I remember signing up for it. I think last June or something. So yeah, May or June. So it's had a pretty heavy impact. Um. The uh, SEO platform Bright Edge and its newish uh, AI technology, the Generative Parser, Bright Edge's Generative Parser, have studied the impact of uh, SGE on different industries. And um, surprisingly, the industry it seems to have had the biggest impact on is healthcare. Then you'd think healthcare, like, um, you gotta. Google's got the super breaks on healthcare information. The super, the super guardrails, right? Seventy percent. Yeah. Seventy-six percent of healthcare queries produced an SGE result. Wow. E-commerce, forty-nine percent of queries. Business to business, forty-eight percent of queries. Education, forty-four percent. One that you'd think. AI would be great for, where do we have lunch? Where's a good restaurant? Only approximately a third of queries at 30, 36%. Weird, eh? Yeah, very weird, but not really. <laughs> the, re the reason I think is, uh, is because, so Google's not doing a true large language model, which means they're not writing everything from scratch like Bing is with uh, Copilot. I think they're doing like featured snippets or something of that nature where they're using something called the RAG method, which we talked about with uh, our AI expert, uh, Gavin Klondike, a few weeks ago, or back in December. Um, so though, that's about equal to where those showed up on those queries, where a feature snippet would show up, or a special knowledge panel, or those kind of things. So, um, and, we, and we keep having them drop in and out the, the, not, the things that they're getting from schema for those rich snippets. Or feature snippets like they don't do how to then they do and they don't do faq and then they do and then they don't um since this experiment started so i have a feeling that's probably why those are so high because it's related somehow into the information they already have for the queries because healthcare i i believe was about 80 85 percent back last year before they started sg again just a theory but um it is good to see that 70 percent of the healthcare ones were collapsed because the collapsed ones aren't going to decimate sites um, people will use it, but it doesn't make the number one result go down 2,000 pixels. And the, and the average drop when the SGE expanded itself was something like 1,000 to 2,000 pixels, which meant no one was ever going to click on your site anymore. So I'm at least encouraged to see that from this study, most were opt-in or collapsed and not um, expanded. So that's good to see. So um, if you want to take a look, uh, take a look at this, it's a uh, search engine land. Uh, Danny Goodwin covered it, uh, published today, first thing this morning. Um, unfortunately, there is not a link. Oh, I'm sorry. There is a link to uh, the uh, Bright Edge study, um, 16 pages PDF format, um, at the very, very bottom of the article. So if you're interested in that, check it out at search engine land, published uh, first thing this morning.
Um, and that's actually something I think SEO should be interested in. Although, you know, I'm not sure what you're actually going to do with that information, but stay on top of it. Understand um, where SGE is creating um, synopses of whatever, whatever feels about your query um, and trace that sort of stuff. Um, again, the pri your primary job in 2024 is figuring out how to get your, how to get users from an SGE experience to your client's website and how to attribute that. Um, and wh whomever solves that is going to have a very good year. Yeah, very good. Very true. Um, I don't know if you can solve that or not, but it's something, it's something, <laughs> it's something I'm obsessing on right now. I, 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 where I live, I live in a massive city, Toronto, and you don't drive around, you take the subway around because it's just much, much faster. The streets are a gridlock. And on the subway, this is what I obsess on. Honest to goodness, I, I, I just think, how do I get client? I'm, I'm not getting. Um, it's, it's, it keeps me up at night. No, I totally agree. I mean, those are pit in the stomach things that you're like, oh, we got to figure out how to solve this, but we don't know yet. And I keep thinking, if only I knew how to read patents. If only I knew how to read patents, I'd be able to figure this stuff out. <laughs> I don't think that's actually true. But no. I remember the days when we had uh, the great the late, great Bill Slosky, yes. who, who, um, actually he was, he was a, I believe Harvard, I think pretty sure he went to Harvard law school, but never, never actually took the bar in Massachusetts. But because he was a Harvard trained lawyer, he could read a patent like you and I might read a cereal box. Um, like you and I might read the nutrition information on a cereal box and he would probably understand the patent better. So Bill died of a stroke about two years ago. And, uh, you know, Bill was a, was a good friend to most, most of the old timers in the industry. And so, yeah. you know, his loss is still, still deeply felt. But the truth is we need people who can read these patents because the industry is marching on. So Roger Monty over at Search Engine uh, Journal earlier this week published how to read Google patents in five easy steps. And if you follow the Roger Monty method, you'll have a much easier time wading through the patent because you can't just dive into these things. You actually have to understand how the patent's structured and why they do it this way before you can dive in, learn how to trace back to other documents to fill in concepts and um, how to basically read legalese or the 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 patentees that, that that's written into patent documents if you or anybody in your organization is interested in learning how to read patents i urge you to contact your lawyer immediately and if you can't do that to read this article over at uh search engine journal um roger monty very rarely misses the mark he uh he's he's one of the best researchers in the business so um how to read Google Patents in five easy steps. Are you gonna are you gonna read this? It's a it's a twenty five minute read, by the way. Uh, actually, I'm and I'm gonna say one of the things. I first saw the title. I'm like, oh no, no, <laughs> no we don't want anybody that doesn't understand how anything about patents reading patents. But he actually tells you basically it should have been read how not to read a Google patent. So he explains like just because the word is used two hundred times doesn't mean the patent is about that. Or just because you see this word and you think you know what it means, it doesn't mean you know what it means. You have to know what they defined it as, so things like that. So I think it's a very important read for anyone who ever reads patents. 
to understand how they actually work and how they actually work with Google and search. Because someone will see a patent, I'll see someone do this, like Google uses authors in search. And it's like not related to authors really at all, um, just because it mentioned authors a whole bunch of times. So I think it's an excellent article for people to understand. And you're right, Roger is one of the, Barry does the day-to-day -day reporting. Roger does the deep dives. I don't think Roger gets enough credit for his articles because he does a great job on deep diving really important concepts. Um, so take go take a read on this. I think everyone should. Well, right now there are four or five authors who I trust implicitly. I don't even, I don't, I don't even, don't even have to um, double or triple check their work. I just know that I trust them and Roger's among them. Oh yeah, definitely. I think, you know, there's been a rare time that we've disagreed, but um, most of the time he's, he's 99%, 100% spot on. So. Well, the cool thing is Roger's got a journalist background. So when you disagree with him, he's so used to that. He just rolls off his back. Oh he's yeah. All sure. good. And, um, we do it, and we do it privately in chat. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we are nearing the end of our hour. But I had this weird experience this week I got to share with you. I'm writing this really, like, massive long report. And like I said, the only thing I'm obsessing on right now is how do I attribute um, traffic from uh, the search generative experience? How do I get products there? Uh, that's why I'm so, so, so amused by the by the new Google products I might like carousel that's supposed to be appearing in search, appearing in search generative experience because um, it's the only only way I know that I can say yeah that happened but I found I was talking on the phone uh, on on Tuesday and 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 writing in this like massive long report saying um, search generative experience over and over and over <laughs> and over and it suddenly occurred to me that I'm describing the Seth Rogen experience to my clients and what I mean check think about it think about it for a second just like um, search generative experience, just like Seth Rogen, search generative experience is well read, but it doesn't actually know. It's really confident in responses, but generally unable to source them back to the real good information. It's known to hallucinate wildly. It's expensive yeah. as hell to operate, and it's yeah. a seemingly unstoppable force in culture. I uh, that's a good that's a good analysis. I had just said drunk guy in bar, but I like that one. That's better. <laughs> So yeah, uh, but but here's the whole thing. I don't. I really don't want to tell people that I've tried to improve their Seth Rogen experience because <laughs> I'm not. I'm really not. Um, but I am trying to to uh, get a um, line and a bead on how to affect the search generative experience. There is a way. I just don't know what it is yet. To affect search generative experience. There is a way. There has to be. There's always a way. And right again, Google's giving us the tool with with this carousel. That's the one thing you can put your finger on and say, yes, product carousel. I understand that. Yeah, I'm going to. Yeah, it's going to be beyond that. I don't know. Bing uses a large language model, so there's really no way to do anything there. Um, but with Google not using a large language model completely, like using content that exists, Studies, recent studies have shown they don't take it from like the stuff that shows up there doesn't come necessarily from even the top 100 because it wouldn't because it'd be doing you like large, the knowledge be, graph or the shopping graph. Yeah, or relevancy models like the text relevancy models. So, um, so I would say that doing things that you would do to get a featured snippet might be helpful, but we don't know yet. We haven't tested that, but that would be the first test I would run. Is if you the things you had to do, and even the code you use to get a feature snippet, I would try yep. that first. Absolutely. So they've already they've already identified those. They already know how to identify those. So they could easily plug that into their models to pull into SGE, and then rewrite it. So. 
on that, friends, been around the, we've been around the clock again, full circle. And on behalf of Christine Schackinger from Sites Without Walls, I got to say, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, wanting to thank you, Darren and Brandy, Ricky and Brasco, and most importantly, our friends over at Audience Key. Um, thank you so much for listening. It's been a uh, really fun week. It's been a really busy week. Next week is looking to be even crazier. If we're very, very lucky, Tom from Audience Key is going to be on uh, talking about some of the new features that, that are in their product. And uh, hopefully Google will... Um, actually, Google's been pretty calm for the last couple of weeks. So hopefully Google will, <laughs> will stay pretty calm for the next couple of weeks. Again, on behalf of Christine Chakajer from Sites Without Walls, this is Jim Hedge from Digital Always Media. Be kind to each other rank well have a great week be safe we'll talk to you next week bye everybody bye.